Paratruth Radio is a proud member of Evergreen Podcasts on KillerPodcast.com. Since the fall of man, a war has raged between good and evil. Over the centuries, this war has distorted the truth. Now the truth is perceived as lies, and lies acknowledged as truth. To this day, the battle continues as we investigate and debate the truth behind the history and mystery of the universe. We are Paratruth Radio. Easter is a time of year when Christians celebrate Jesus' resurrection from the dead three days after his crucifixion. However, many argue that the holiday shouldn't be celebrated due to its pagan origins. Now Paratruth presents Jesus or the Bunny. What is Easter really about? What's up, ladies and gentlemen? My name is Eric. And I'm Justin. And you are listening to Paratruth Radio on the one and only Paratruth Radio Network. It's a short clip. It's a short clip. It's a short clip. It's sad. That's sad. No, I was just getting into it. Uh, well, well, well. Welcome back, everyone. And happy, happy Easter. Happy you know, Easter. A happy belated birthday to you. <laughs> Thank you. Even Thank though you, you got a birthday wish last week, I figured I would do it again yep. this week. Yep, yep. And, and I know I've already, and I've already messaged everybody, but I'll just say it again on air. Justin Fall, Jerry, Kay, Scott, and Heidi, thank you all for your birthday wishes this past week. It was awesome uh, being able to hear from you guys, and I got some pretty good chuckles out of it, yeah. to say the least. <laughs> Especially since I, I looked at it so late, and I was like, oh, I'm so tired. But then I was like, I, I wasn't listening to the show, and then I saw Jerry post something, and I was like, What? So I had to go check it out for myself. <laughs> yeah, uh, when Justin sent me his, I was rather disturbed because of who it was coming from <laughs> and how disgusting the random fact was. But it was still a, a good random fact. <laughs> that it was. And then scary <laughs> rapping, and I was like, oh, geez, we got two kind of serious ones, and <laughs> we got cherry rapping and Justin's random fact. <laughs> Well, and Jerry, Jerry, you're a heck of a pretty good rapper. Came up with that pretty good. It was pretty good. And, um, you know, Kay keeping it sweet. Yeah. It's always not as nice. But um, I did start laughing because even when I messaged Scott and Heidi, I the only thing I said really was just classic because it was really just classic Scott and Hardy. Yeah. You got that bickering going on as they do in every episode. <laughs> well, and she, when she texted me that they sent it, she's like, it's about a minute or so. And I open up the email and it's like three and a half minutes. I'm like, a, a minute or so equals three and a half minutes. 
She's like, well, uh-huh, you can edit it. I'm like, if I edit it, then you lose the. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you lose everything. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. man. So it was pretty interesting to, to see the different uh, things that people did. Yeah. Here's an interesting, interesting fact. It has been, well, it's not really a fact because I don't know how long it's been, but it has been a long time since we actually had an episode premiere on a holiday. Yeah. On the holiday. Yeah. You know, we, we, we've done Christmas specials in the past. We've done Easter specials. We've done, uh, one that we didn't do this year. Uh, and that's because you and Kay went with the, the demon route was uh, the St. Patty's Day. We yeah. could have done a St. Patty's Day special as well. And usually when we premiere those, it's almost a week or several days after the actual holiday. Or before. I've been trying to get them done before. So, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it's usually be- it, before or after. It it's never on the day. Yeah, it's usually been after, but I've been doing my best, guys, to make sure it's before so that we're not saying Merry Christmas on New Year's. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but... It works out this year because we have this Easter episode premiering right here on Easter. So it's pretty cool. Kind of, kind of nice to have that. Um, not that everyone's going to listen on Easter because let's face it, everyone's going to be celebrating the Lord's resurrection, but well, you would hope so at least. Oh, you'd hope so. At least be spending time with family and friends. Yeah. Instead of listening to the radio. And in regards to the hope so thing, you know, this, this is actually something that I, it, I'm going to want your opinion on it, and I think we could discuss this. And, of course, we're going to have our uh, listeners chime in as well. But, yeah, so the one thing that I'm going to to mention that I think that we should talk about is this idea of Christians who celebrate Easter and even Christmas, a number of other Christian holidays, and other Christians who argue that we shouldn't, as Christians, celebrate those holidays due to their pagan origins. Um and I think it's something that you and I, you and I have been through numerous times with uh, yeah. different individuals. Uh, the question has been raised to us a number of times on what our beliefs are and what we think uh, is the best approach to a holiday uh, or a Christian uh, holiday, if you will. Uh, and I know, like you and I, have always been pretty dead on track, you know, together on what we think uh, is right and wrong and. I think the big issue, though, is just trying to figure out why people don't want to celebrate these holidays. And, of course, to each their own. Right. If you don't want to celebrate, you don't have to celebrate. But the problem is when, peop- is when people start to, I guess, start to hammer other people about it. You know? I, I know there's a lot of Christians out there who just go out of their way. To, you know, who meet other Christians who are celebrating the holiday, and they go out of their way to tell them you should not be celebrating Easter. You know, it's a it's Satan's holiday. Yeah, and just you know, and I, well, I don't know. It that's what really grinds my gears about it is the the arguments. Like, do you? I'm not saying this to upset anybody, but do you, as just a person in general, let alone a Christian, not have anything better to do than to argue? with other Christians or other people why they should not celebrate Easter or why they should believe this or why they shouldn't believe this. Yes, you should be spreading the word of the Bible. That's what it says, obviously. But 
because we have so many denominations, because there's so many different interpretations of the Bible, nobody knows if anybody is truly hitting it on the head. We can say, yes, we're trying to do the best that we can by reading the Bible and understanding it the best that we know how, but it doesn't say anywhere in the Bible, at least I don't believe so, that you should hound people for doing things that you yourself don't believe in. Right. <clears throat> and you know what? We're going to get into this a little bit more a little later in the show. Right now, I just want to, you know, just kind of opening the discussion and what we're going to be talking about later. But I do have a little something uh, scripturally based that we can discuss, and which may or may not help in this whole idea, or, or uh, not idea, but this situation, whether or not it's okay to celebrate these events, as you will, or these holidays. But uh, that'll be a little bit later in the show. Right now, I think we're going to just take a step back and just let, let's think about Easter for a moment. You know, what, what exactly is Easter? What is its origins? I think that this is something we've covered last year. And if you look way back, you know, we have an episode on Easter for last year as well. And so we're only going to cover this a little bit. Uh, I don't think we need to go into a lot of detail. Today we're going to have like an open up mic night, if you will. Yeah. And just kind of, you know, discuss random things. But since it is Easter, we should go ahead and just talk a little bit about Easter. Um, Justin, did you do any uh, specific research today or th- this past week for Easter? Um, just the the usual what is Easter and mm-hmm. the Easter bunny, that sort of a thing, but nothing. I, I didn't get into the Bible side, biblical side of oh. it because I figured you would bring the passages to us anyway. So, Yeah. Well, I, and I'm not even going to con- like. I'll mention what the passages are, but I'm not going to actually read from the Bible today or anything like that. I want to keep everything pretty brief because uh, it is all pretty straightforward. And again, we already did it last year. And even though I like to, uh, I guess, reliterate stuff and, and push it forward over and over and over again, that's just not something I'm feeling yeah. pushed to do today. Uh, so in that regards... I'm sure you got plenty of stuff on the origin of Easter and the Easter Bunny. Mm. Would you like to share? All right. Well, Easter, uh, I don't think we included this last year because it doesn't sound familiar to me, but uh, it's also called Posh. It's also called Resurre- Resurrection Sunday. I've never heard that before, but it really? I, I like Resurrection Sunday. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> it's Resurrection Sunday. Yay! Yeah. Um, <laughs> And uh, it's a festival and a holiday celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ after his crucifixion uh, that the Romans did around, I think this this says around 30 A.D. Does that sound about right, when his crucifixion was? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, it, would have, it would have been a little closer to uh, 33 oh, A.D. Okay. Um, and... Uh, Everybody knows that uh, you celebrate Lent from Ash Wednesday. If Mostly Catholics do that, but I do know a lot of other Christians that celebrate Ash Wednesday and Lent and an- another set of things that people want to uh, argue about not doing compared to doing. Uh, but uh, Easter starts, well, the week ends on Good Friday, and uh, 
then Easter's on, on Easter Sunday. And uh, most people know about the Easter Bunny. Uh, the Easter Bunny comes on the night before Easter, just like Santa Claus does. Uh, breaks into your home, leaves things for your children to find, and um, usually colored eggs filled with chocolates or... Some people, I mean, the Easter Bunny, uh, you know, hide the actual eggs that they color. Uh, usually toys are involved. Uh, and, you know, the Easter baskets. That's one thing that's always common. And the Easter egg hunts and that sort of stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. But I have a message for the Easter Bunny if he ever comes into my house. Uh-oh. I will look for you. I will find you, and I will kill you. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think people would be happy with me if I killed the Easter Bunny, but Mm -mm. he is breaking into my house. Get this. This is this is interesting because one of the things I came across in my research about the Easter Bunny was basically what the Easter Bunny is and why it tends to lay eggs. Because let's face it, it's a little weird that the Easter Bunny or that a rabbit would lay eggs. Right. You know, they're not birds. Um, but as the story goes, there is a, and forgive me, I don't know the names of the uh, the gods, the pagan gods uh, that are with, within the story, a part of the story. But basically there is a bird that was injured. And the only way to fix it was for this goddess to transform the bird into a rabbit. Well, even though it transformed into a rabbit, its insides are still the same. So it decided that in order to uh, make it up to the goddess, it would hop around and leave presents by leaving eggs. Because the egg was something uh, back then and still today that is, um, I I guess, cherishable, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. You know, something that people cherish. It's something that means life. And so, interesting. The rabbit was once a bird (laughs) that became a rabbit. Well, it, and it's, it's said that the Easter Bunny, it, at least it used to, evaluate whether children were good or disobedient. I don't want to know what it leaves if it was, if you were disobedient. This is chocolate Easter eggs, man. That's where that came from. <laughs> um, yeah, so it, it's kind of interesting that the Easter Bunny, and I don't know, I mean, there's not really a whole lot told to kids nowadays, and I think even us as we were growing up about the Easter Bunny lore, like, I was never told the Easter Bunny's watching you whether you're good or bad. It was always Santa Claus. So, mm-hmm. I think I, I think nowadays that that part of the lore has kind of been lost. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it doesn't really say why, uh, but, and I, I have noticed this too, that Sometimes the Easter Bunny is depicted wearing clothing. Sometimes it's not. Again, mm-hmm. maybe it just depends on, on where you're from. I'm not sure. Easter bunnies. <laughs> I wonder if you if you actually shot the Easter Bunny and you ate it, if it would taste like chocolate. No, it would taste like chicken because it was once a bird. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I was thinking chocolate Easter bunnies, but yeah, you know, that makes even more sense. <laughs> so here's one thing that's interesting, and 
you know, I know this and it's something that I, I guess I kind of forgot. But a lot of people think, and by a lot, I mean, I don't really know the statistics here, but quite a few people, I think, believe that Easter only happens within three days. Good Friday, Holy Saturday, and then, of course, as Justin mentioned earlier, Resurrection Sunday. Uh, but it actually doesn't happen within three days, and it's not even on one day. Sunday isn't even considered, I mean, Sunday is Easter, but that's not all it is. Right. Uh, according to the Christian church, it, Easter is really a, it's really an entire year, like an entire season, I mean, because it actually celebrates Lent, which is 40 days. It goes for 40 days before Easter, before Good Friday. Mm. And it also celebrates the 50-day period following Easter Sunday, which is called Eastertide. Uh, and it includes the celebration of Jesus' ascension into heaven. So we actually have the first 40 days, which Jesus spent alone in the wilderness. Many of us know the story. Uh, it's I think it's most famous famously taught in uh, the book of Matthew chapter 4 uh, where Jesus goes to to the desert without food or water for 40 days and the devil tempts him uh, three different times and Jesus resists the devil each time so that's why we have Lent mm. and then after that we have Good Friday and Good Friday of course is which is ironic enough the day that Jesus was crucified why exactly we call it Good Friday I'm sure it's out there. I didn't bother to look, but come on. It wasn't a very good Friday that day. Right. But the truth and is... say it, that it actually fell on Friday to begin with? Well, that's, that's one thing that we don't know, and that's one thing with some of the extremists out there that you and I were talking about earlier, because this is something, you know, a lot of people refuse to celebrate Easter just because they don't believe the days are correct, you know? And there's people who refuse to... to uh, to rest on Sunday because they believe it should be Saturday. Right. And they say that, hey, if you don't rest on Saturday and you rest on Sunday instead, guess what? You're not truly saved and you're not going to heaven. Right. Well, I'm just going to put this out there because unlike you, I don't care about being nice. Anyone who thinks that and says that someone is not going to go to heaven and isn't saved because they celebrate uh, or, or they rest on Sunday instead of Saturday, you're an idiot. Actually, Straight down. I just... I just talked to Shelly about this because of uh, it being brought up once, and mm-hmm. I was like, you know, what? One of the biggest things I don't understand, which is uh, according to this, that if that the Sabbath should be on Saturday, not on Sunday. Um, way back when, when God made the world, there really was no such thing as Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. There was no such thing as that. So who's to say what day it was that he actually rested and the day you should be resting? There is no, there was no set time back then. So I agree. Yes. It, it's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Um, but to touch on Good Friday really quick. Uh, Good Friday is a Christian religious holiday commemorating the crucifixion of Jesus Christ and his death at Calvary. Uh, it's also known as Holy Friday, Great Friday, Black Friday, and Easter Friday. I would say Black Friday would be a better term, but here in America, we already use that for the biggest shopping day of the year. So that's probably why we don't. Mm-hmm. 
It's true. And I agree. I think Black Friday would be the best. Uh, that's the day that everything just got dark. You know, it's when yeah. darkness overcame uh, Jesus at that point. And in a sense, one, it seems. I guess it could be called Good Friday because that was his his purpose was to die for us. So he did a mm-hmm. good thing, Good Friday, I guess. It doesn't really say why these these terms are used. It's just explaining that yeah. uh, that's part of the Easter holiday. Well, and that's exactly, I mean, that, that's exactly my point, too. That's what I was thinking, is that Good Friday, like, to us, it doesn't seem like it was, a, it, well, to us, it is a Good Friday, because we know what happened, because of his resurrection. Right. But for the disciples, who were there with Jesus the day he died, they didn't know it was good, going to be a good Sunday. Even though Jesus told them many times that three days later he'd rise again, they didn't believe it. So when he died, that was it. It was a Black Friday. That they didn't know anything else. They were they didn't bother to work anymore. They just gave up and they they threw in the towel. And then three days later, Jesus rose again. And so all of a sudden, it was a Good Friday because Jesus had said he would die on that day for the sins of the world. And then three days later, rise. Yeah. So yeah, it was a Good Friday. That was the day that the veil was torn down and man had the ability to turn to God on their own without having a intercessor there for them, uh, as they did through the Old Testament. Real quick, uh, I'm, I'm going to jump back real quick a little bit here because this is just about the Saturday-Sunday thing. Mm. Um, so, so this whole debate on what day you rest and what resting really means, because I know a lot of extreme Christians out there who will say when you when you choose to rest on whatever day or on Saturday in this case – that's it. You just rest. You don't do anything. No matter what it is, you don't do anything. Otherwise, you're a sinner. But in Matthew chapter 12, Jesus himself talks about the Sabbath because his disciples were working on the Sabbath, which is interesting. And I'm going to go ahead and just read through this real quick. And you tell me what you think, Justin. At that time, Jesus was, or at that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry and began to pick some heads of grain and eat them. When the Pharisees saw this, they said to him, Look, your disciples are doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath. He answered, Haven't you read what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He entered the house of God, and he and his companions ate the consecrated bread, which was not lawful for them to do, but only for the priests. Or haven't you read in the law that the priests on Sabbath duty in the temple desecrated the Sabbath and yet are innocent? I tell you that something greater than the temple is here. If you had known what these words mean, I desire mercy, not sacrifice, you would not have con- you would not have condemned the innocent, for the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. Now going on from that place, he went into their synagogue, and a man with a shriveled hand was there. Looking for a reason to bring charges against Jesus, they asked him, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? He said to them, if any of you has a sheep and it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will you not take hold of it and lift it out? How much more valuable is a person than a sheep? Therefore, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Then he said to them, to the man, stretch out your hand. So he stretched it out and he healed the man. And of course, the Pharisees went out and plotted how they could kill Jesus. So based on just what I said there, would you say that it's, sinful and wrong for us to do any work on the Sabbath. 
No, he straight out says that it's okay to do this. It's okay to do, you know, it's okay to work on the Sabbath. It's okay to do good works on the Sabbath. You know, and, and yet, it's just amazing me that there's so many people out there who claim, or I shouldn't, I shouldn't say many people, there's a certain group, there's a specific group of people uh, that fall into this category of imbeciles. And to go out of their way and tell people how sinful it is and how they don't have salvation because they don't rest on the Sabbath, which should be on a Saturday only, not a Sunday, this one single passage right here blows it out of the water. You know, it's like they're not really reading the scriptures. They're coming up with their own conclusions, the small group of them, and they're spitting it out. You know, mind you that there is a passage in the Bible where uh, people will, souls will come to Jesus on the last day and say, Lord, Lord, do we not cast out many demons in your name and do many good works in your name? And Jesus will tell them, I never knew you. Some people who are just so quick to talk crap to people and tell them how sinful they are and judging them because they don't rest on the Saturday Sabbath and as opposed to the Sunday you know what good work are they doing yeah they're not they're they're not doing good work they're just rambling on and causing arguments uh, and causing divisions amongst the, the Christians which is not something we should be doing so I'm sorry to go on and just rant about that, but it's just, it's something that's bothered me. You know how much it's bothered me lately. We've had this discussion and I know how much things have bothered you too with uh, certain, certain individuals and groups. Yeah. But anyway, <sighs> Dr. Easter, it's a joyful time of year. <laughs> I, I mean, we can, we can finish up with that in the, in the second part of the show, but I mean, mm-hmm. Really, folks, I mean, I, I don't think Jesus Christ would have wanted his people fighting amongst themselves as to what his words really meant or what his father's words really meant. Um, it, it's, you believe what you believe. If other people don't believe that, you can just tell them what your beliefs are. If they say, no, no, that's not right. Then you agree to disagree and move on with your life. You don't no. you don't ramble and, on any more than that. And and I agree with you. It's completely okay for Christians to have different views on certain topics. The one thing that all Christians be one hundred percent accurate on and in accordance with is salvation and how that salvation comes about. Who Jesus is whether or not his death and resurrection is real and what his death and resurrection meant. And again, how it is that someone is able to come to salvation. Because if you can't agree on those things, then there's a big, big problem there. And somebody's not right about something and therefore living a false faith. But the truth is, Jesus died on the cross for the sins of the world, forgiving everybody. He rose again three days later to bring salvation so that anyone... And Paul mentions, mentions this in the book of Romans. Anyone who believes in the Lord Jesus will be saved. And if you can't agree on that and believe that, hey, you also have to work. You have to do good works in order to get into heaven. Or you have to do this. Or you have to do that. It's not true. All you have to do is believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. 
And of course, the good works and all that stuff, it'll come naturally. You'll want to do it. It'll happen because the Holy Spirit will come into you and it'll move you to do certain things. But there's a lot of people out there who think, oh, I, if I'm just a good person, I'll get to heaven. Sorry. No, it's not true. There's an entire book called the Bible that'll tell you it's not true. Good works will not get you salvation. You have to believe in the Lord Jesus. Well, and that's one of the biggest differences is um, there's nothing wrong with doing good works, but you shouldn't mm-hmm. be doing them to expect yourself to be saved or, or get into heaven because just because you're doing good works. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and, you know, here's the, the big thing is, like, a lot of people... And I'm not knocking people who prefer to read just the King James Version Bible. It's fine. If that's your favorite Bible, that's good. I I typically don't read the King James Bible just because I stutter over a lot of the words. Um, and I usually stick with the ESV and, yes, even the NIV for those of you who don't like the NIV. But I think that for the people who don't believe in the NIV and think that the NIV is a Satan's mock-up, of a Bible, I think you're full of crap. But I go through a number of different versions of the Bible. I have crud load <laughs> of Bibles. You know, I, ha- I just have a ton of Bibles, and they're all different versions. And I read through each one to see how accurate they are, and to see different, you know, per- um, versions and how things are translated, and so on and so forth. But I also use theological books. I use concordances. I use uh, commentaries. And I'll tell you, like, the concordance is something I use a lot because I can take any single word in the Bible and have it translated back to its original Hebrew word and understand the definition of what it really meant. And there's a lot of people out there who will just simply read a passage and say, oh, I know what that means, right off the top of their head and come up with something that's just way off. No, you have to study. You have to study the word literally. doesn't mean just read the Bible. You have to literally study it. Use other books. Use... uh, other people, you know, ask questions to other people. Use commentaries, use concordances, use uh, any type of theological book that's going to help you form the truth of what that scripture is telling us. And unfortunately, a lot of people just aren't doing that. Yeah. They're, they're basing it all off of one single passage or verse, and they think they know everything. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, folks, it's... I know, Easter's supposed to be a good thing. I've been kind of allowing things to build up, and I don't mean to release it out on Easter here, but um, good news. The Lord is resurrected on this day, and I'm forgiven. But that's beside the point. Well, I, I think it's a good time to take our first break to give everybody a little bit of a break from, from the ranting. Um so, folks, uh, you are listening to Paratruth Radio right here on the Paratruth Radio Network. We will be right back after Eric's Random Fact of the Day. Now, Eric's Random Fact of the Day. Have you ever wondered just whom exactly chose the day that Easter should fall on? Well, according to mirror.co.uk, a council of Christian bishops was convened by Roman Emperor Constantine I in A.D. 325. The council was known as the First Council of Nicaea, which was Christianity's first effort to get a consensus on what the church taught. It was decided at this council that Easter Day should fall on the first full moon after the spring equinox, and that it should always fall on a Sunday to represent the day of Christ's resurrection. (laughs) 
Up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. All right, you think that was good enough? I I hope so, man. I'm tired. (laughs) Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? I've never done it. (laughs) All right, folks. Welcome back to Paratruth Radio. My name is Justin. And I'm Eric. And we've been discussing Easter uh, and a cat. <laughs> I tell her not to get up here, and she jumps up here anyway. She's a jerk. <laughs> well, we little punks. We all know that cats are very cat-minded. So, um, <laughs> She's on the cord. Get, all right. Come here, you little punk. Get down. Get down. Okay. <laughs> Control, control your pets. You ever tried controlling a cat? <laughs> this thing, she she doesn't care. She yeah. she I don't care what you say. I'll do what I want. She's teenage years. <laughs> so uh, we've been we've gone over you know what Easter is, uh, you know why we celebrate it at least. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, there it does have a link to to pagan religion just because it is in pagan religion the celebration of the spring harvest or the the spring sabbath whatever you want to call it um so i mean and that's like we were saying at the beginning that's why there's so much dissension of uh of the ranks between christians uh why you should or should not celebrate this holiday mm-hmm so um, I I I don't know it, how much more we can say about it uh, as far as our personal opinions on it. So um, I, I do want to hand it over to you for a minute to kind of explain it a little bit more. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> I don't think there's really much more explaining per se to do. The one thing that I do want to want to bring up though or read to you is a passage is it that there's I'm going to read just the passage there's actually two passages in total but I'm going to read the one because I think this just kind of really sum and sums everything up as a whole for us and just this whole discussion about you know whether or not it's okay to to go ahead and observe the Sabbath on a Sunday or observe it on a Saturday or to do this or to do that. Romans, the book of Romans chapter 14 verses 5 and 6 lays it out for us. It says, one person esteems one day as better than another, while another esteems all days alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. The one who observes the day observes it in honor of the Lord. 
the one who eats, eats in honor of the Lord, since he gives thanks to God, while the one who abstains, abstains in honor of the Lord and gives thanks to God. So that in itself, I think, really kind of tells us what's important here when it comes to the Sabbath, when it comes to celebrating holidays, um, you know, Easter and Christmas. You don't judge each other. You let it go. You know, if a Christian person believes that they're celebrating Easter or celebrating the Lord on Easter, let them celebrate the Lord on Easter. If you're truly celebrating the Lord, there's nothing pagan about it. It's all God. It's all about God. And if someone doesn't celebrate Easter and abstains from it, that's fully okay. As long as you're still doing it for the Lord. You know, if you want to uh, enjoy your Sabbath on Sunday, as long as it's for the Lord and that's what you truly believe, you're good. If you want to do it Saturday, that's fine. But there shouldn't be this this butting of heads. There shouldn't be any uh, judgment on anybody. And I think for for those of you who who do judge, this is something you need to take in, into consideration. Romans chapter fourteen verses five and six. You really have to read this and you know see the truth here because it's, it's very plain. I think it's plain as day. Um, and yeah, we we all got to We really got to get along and focus on the more important matters uh, within the Christian life, right? Not what days we're celebrating. Well, and I mean. If anything, I could see why certain Christians don't celebrate Halloween. That That is, in my opinion, you know, just one of those things. Either you do or you don't, but mm-hmm. I could see why they don't. Mm-hmm. Christmas and Easter are, are religions, or are religions, are holidays specifically to celebrate Christ's birth and Christ's resurrection. And whether you call it Easter, whether you say, I'm celebrating that Christ rose from the grave on this day, I don't care what you call it. I don't care what day you celebrate it on. Do what you will as far as celebrating is concerned. As you said, you know, there's key points that every Christian should be seeing the same on. Mm-hmm. But... This specific thing is just one of those ones where it's like, who cares? Like, <laughs> right? I think we're we're pretty. We're, we're, I'm good on that subject. I don't think we need to talk about it anymore. Let's get back to Easter again for the fourth time tonight. <laughs> um, <clears throat> you know, Easter. There's this pagan, this idea, this idea of a pagan roots to Easter, which I can I can see the obvious. You know, yeah, it does appear to be some pagan roots. Um, <clears throat> however, the exact uh, exactly where those roots stem from isn't really. Um, I guess it's unknown. There's a number of different places it could have come from, and there's a number of different theories, but there's nothing that's 100% legitimately known for sure where the roots come from. Right. Uh, but we do know that there were pagan roots, and it comes from a number of different stories. You know, that's how we got the Easter bunny. That's how we got the Easter egg. That's how we, uh, you know, and this whole idea of fertility and all that comes from right. a pagan yeah. goddess. Um and then, of course, again, it, it switches over time. And we start seeing, when you look through the history of this celebration of Easter, 
it eventually transforms into a Christian holiday. And here we see, instead of, well, in a sense, it's still rebirth, but it's the resurrection. It's the death and resurrection of Christ, as opposed to uh, the death of winter and the birth of spring, as is the one legend. Uh, <clears throat> and I think no matter what you look at throughout history, there's always similarities within different holidays. Uh, and there's always similarities in a number of different things uh, throughout our history. Well, I mean, if you look back in history, and I'm not saying this as, you know, Christians should do this because of this, um, there were a lot of uh, ancient people, societies, like, look at the the Romans. The Romans overtook the Greek and absorbed their religion into their own. Um, same thing happened with a lot of Christianity. Uh, not that it absorbed stuff, but it took on those traits for certain holidays because they were trying to reach out to yeah. the other religions to pull them to Christianity and be like, look, this is the one true religion. You guys have to look at this and understand that this is what this is, but we're going to coax you in here to show you. Mm-hmm. Not that they were trying to be deceiving. I don't know that they were. It's just yeah. they were trying to get those people well, into Christianity. It was more so, like, I liked it that you that you said that they didn't absorb it like other uh, people groups did. But instead, what I think they did was transform it um, into something else. And this actually go. This is actually a good time, even though we're a few weeks past. But a good time to bring up St. Patrick's Day because St. Patrick's Day could be considered a Christian holiday. After all, we're. I mean, St. Patrick's Day. You know, right. uh, and St. Patrick, when he was uh, in Ireland and working with the Irish uh, back when they were pagans, or when most of them were pagans, he actually took. The cross, the crucifix, which a lot of us know of the Celtic cross. Mm. The Celtic cross, um, he took the the cross or the crucifix and he combined it or paired it with uh, a symbol representing their god. And he put the two together. That's why you get this cross with a circle in the center. But he made it mean something different. Mm. You know, it no longer represented their god. It represented Christ. And he showed how the Lord comes in and transforms things because the Lord, you know, Jesus, he didn't come to to adapt to the world. He came to transform it. He came to make a difference. And so that's what we see a lot of Christians doing throughout histories. They're transforming the original pagan belief system and their symbols and turning them into Christian symbols and having given them different meanings behind it as well. One of the biggest paradox, the crucifix, it's a symbol of death. You know, that's what it is. It was all, it's always been used to this day. It's still used to kill people. And yet when a Christian looks at the cross, we, an empty cross in particular, we see it as a sign of life, a sign of resurrection, a sign of good. So the Lord is no longer hanging on it. No, now he's in heaven reigning supreme. You know, so there's, there's that paradox. Things change. Um, another thing that's interesting, and this is a little bit off topic, but St. Patrick, he actually took the three leaf clover. And actually used three-leaf clover to help explain the Trinity to the pagan people back in his time, which is really interesting. Because when I look at a clover, I don't typically think, oh, this is a Christian symbol. Right. You know, you, you don't. But he was able to take that little clover 
and use it to teach people about the Trinity, how there's three different leads and yet they're all connected to one. They are all one. They're all part of the same thing. That's what the Trinity is. They're all, you know, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. They're all separate entities and yet at the same time they're all one entity. They're all God. They're all separate from each other, but they're all God. It's hard to, it's hard to, uh, you know, really explain the Trinity. Uh, easily. It's something that I even, I stutter over it sometimes because I, I start to like question myself. Like, does this thing even make sense to me? I don't, I don't know. Well, there's, but, and not to get back onto this, this boat, but there are, a, are a set of Christians that don't believe in the Trinity either because in their super- mind it, it goes back to, uh, polytheistic beliefs. So, mm-hmm. I mean, again, to each his own, but that strikes me as odd because the Bible does teach the Trinity. Yeah. So, and and I think you know when it comes to fully believing and understanding, I, I think the Trinity is one of those things that all Christians have to agree on. You have to agree that they're that God, you know, the Father, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit are all God. They're three different entities, and yet they're all the same entity at the same time. It's something we can't fathom. It's something that maybe uh, we're not meant to fathom, but it's something we have to have faith in and just believe, yes, that's what they are. You know, three different personalities, but all the same God, um, which is why you can you, you can actually pray to God. You know, you can pray to the Father. You can pray to Jesus. You can even pray to the Holy Spirit if you really wanted to, because they're all going to hear you. They're all going to respond the same way. Not one is going to do something that the other doesn't know is going to happen. They work together in unison. And yet they're all equally powerful, separate as they are together. You know, it's hard to fully understand and fathom that. But yeah, I think that's one of those things as a Christian you need to uh, to agree on. You need to agree that there is a Holy Trinity because in the scripture it is very clear that there is indeed a Trinity. And Jesus himself even mentions the Trinity over and over again. When he prays to the Father, talks about the Father. When he talks about the Holy Spirit coming, when he says that I'm no longer going to be here, but... Someone else is coming. You know, it's there that Jesus mentions it. So, the one thing that I think I, I mean I still have have difficulty with is that um, the belief of Jesus being God as well, uh, because he does call to his Father mm-hmm. when he's supposed to be. God and mm-hmm. all this and I think that's one thing that like when I, I fell away from religion I I couldn't grasp that and I, I still can't but um, I often thought well why is Jesus calling God Father if he's supposed to be God, God. I, I right. never understood that but yeah, it's hard to fathom why he calls them that because we know that Jesus wasn't created. You know, typically when some something's created, they call the one who created them father or mother or what you know whatever what you will. Um, but in this case, Jesus was never created. He just always was, just as God the Father always was, just as the Holy Spirit always was. But the one thing that um, is important to understand uh, is that Jesus, I truly believe didn't need to ask the Father, you know, for anything because he had the power to do it himself. Um, he even said at one point, do you not, 
and forgive me, this isn't 100% accurate, but he says to somebody, do you not think I can't just call for a multitude of angels to come down and help me? Because, you know, and that was when he's being taken away uh, to be crucified. Um, and that's Jesus himself saying, I can do it. I can just call. Boom. They'll be here to help me, you know. But what Jesus was doing when he prayed to the Father and constantly called on the Father and looked at the Father was he was giving us a way. He was showing us what we uh, as humans have to do. Because we can't just say, hey, boom, come here. You know, hey, boom, I need this. Hey, I'm going to do that. You know, we don't have that power. But we have to rely on the one who's above us. We have to rely on the Father. We have to rely on Jesus. So that's what he was doing. He's just teaching us how we as Christians should act. It was more and, and, and it was more teaching. It was more teaching than actually being himself. Um, and I think, and I th- and to say though, I mean, I do think he's still because mind you, Jesus. It's so weird because again, this is just goes along with the Trinity. Uh, when God came to Earth in the form of Jesus, it was only a part of God. He kind of like took a part of himself and said, boom, you know, yeah, in a sense. I mean, it was still Jesus was always Jesus, but he just left, you know, and came to earth. So he's always a part of God. So he kept in that relationship with, you know, his father. Um, but yeah, I mean, I can understand why, you know, that's difficult to, to fully fathom or understand, you know, why Jesus being God would be able to, would call to the Father and pray to Him. Well, I you explained it really well, and now it makes a little more sense to me than it did before. Um, it, one of the ones, one of the instances that I was thinking of, since we are talking about Easter, and you you said it uh, several weeks ago that he he does look up and cry out, "Abba," calling to, to God his Father, mm-hmm. "Abba, Abba, Lama Sabachthani." Yeah. Um, so. That that's the one instance that's ringing out to me because we are talking about Easter and you had mentioned it once before, so that's mm-hmm. why I was like, I don't really know how this works. <laughs> yeah, it's confusing, but uh, I'll tell you what, I don't know if you still have any of your Bibles. Mm-hmm. Okay, you do. I when you get a chance, just read it, the book's not that long. Plus, once you start reading, it gets. Get you hooked, but the Book of John—it's the fourth gospel in the New Testament. It's interesting because the Book of John is the book that solely focuses on Jesus's lordship. It focuses on his godship, um, and you'll see a number of different instances where Jesus proclaims himself to be God and, and to be the one who was, you know, with Abraham way back when, you know, and so on and so forth. Uh, and that's something that I actually look into and just, you know, I. You could study if you want to, but I think just reading it on its own is more than enough evidence to show that Jesus is God and that he always claimed to have been God. Um, and, and why there's that relationship, though, between him and the Father and why he does that. So it's interesting. Uh, it's probably, you know, like Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they don't get into uh, Jesus's Godship quite the same. You know, they might mention it here and there. But the book of John really focuses on the Godship, so. At, I probably still won't understand it, but it, it might, it might help me a little bit. There, I'll tell you, like, there's a majority of things that as Christians we will never fully understand. Um, in fact, I was just talking with a friend about this the other day, uh, yesterday, no, a couple of days ago. Um, 
there are things that we will not fully understand because the Lord only shows us a small amount in the Bible. He gives us what we, he only gives us what we need to know, but doesn't give us everything we want to know. He gives us the important pieces. Right. And there's things where if we just don't fully understand, it's okay not to fully understand. It's okay not to fully understand the Trinity. It's okay to not fully understand the whole Godship thing and how it works. It's okay not to understand that stuff. But you should still have the faith to know that, yes, I believe that there is a Trinity. And, yes, I believe Jesus is God. And I believe, yes, the Father is God and the Holy Spirit is God. As long as you believe those things and truly believe those, you don't have to fully understand it. Because we are told that one day, when we're in heaven, it'll all be revealed to us. And there's so much to fully know about God that it's going to take an eternity to ever learn anything about it. Which fully means we're never going to fully know. It's going to take an eternity. And eternity, as we know, is forever. So... Something to look forward to. A lot of learning when you get into heaven. (laughs) Yeah. The Trinity, just like everything else, is just one of those things. I mean, it's just going to be one of those Mm -hmm. things. But, like I said, I just don't understand the dissension or the judging of the whole Trinity thing when, in the Bible, it it talks about it. So how can you say that the Trinity is not biblical or it's not Christian or whatever when, I mean, it talks about it several times in the Bible itself. Um, like, the other stuff, okay, I get it. There, There's no set said day to celebrate the Sabbath as far as Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Uh, or I forget the scripture that most people bring up why we shouldn't celebrate Easter and uh, Christmas, but it, uh, it has to do with with um, worshiping false gods and and yeah. well, uh, a lot of it is because a lot of people believe that uh, well, it's not a belief; it's a fact. Jesus wasn't really born December well twenty fifth, right, right. you know. Or 24th, but he wasn't really born that day. So therefore, to worship him on that day, or to celebrate it that day, what Christians did was they took a pagan holiday, which happens December 24th or 25th, and transformed it into a Christian holiday. Like we were just... And a lot of people are just like, no, 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 that that's still a pagan holiday. It is, it is, it is. No, again, this, the scripture tells us in Romans chapter 14, that one who observes the day, observes it in honor of the Lord. So it doesn't matter what day you're honoring the Lord, as long as you're honoring the Lord, even if it is on a pagan holiday. Right. You know? And like I said on our Christmas episode, I really hate the commercialism that has gone into the holidays. Even mm-hmm. though I do participate with giving gifts on those days and what mm-hmm. have you, America specifically, I don't know about other countries because I don't live in other countries, mm-hmm. uh, has commercialized these holidays to the point that you're not even celebrating what you're supposed to be celebrating anymore. Yeah. You're celebrating oh, yeah. getting, well, depends on the person, giving gifts or getting gifts yeah. um, and that sort of a thing. I mean, think about it. Mainstream-wise... It's acceptable now to say Happy Holidays, but it's not acceptable to say Merry Christmas because Merry Christmas is considered a Christian thing. And so to say that could be offensive to people. Right. 
You know, and it's sad. There's people out there, there's Christians out there who believe that it's not okay to give gifts on Christmas. You know, it's okay to celebrate Christmas, but you shouldn't give gifts on Christmas because it's Jesus' birthday and not anybody else's. But it's okay to give gifts. Why are you giving gifts? Because Jesus was a gift. Right. He's a gift from from the Father to us, and he you gave know? to other people as well. Gave to other people. He gave us this, the gift of salvation. You know, he gave so many things, and we see throughout history, throughout the, the entire Bible, that there's constantly gifts being given to other people, and Jesus brings up gifts. You know, he says, "How many of you uh, with children would give them a snake instead of a fish?" You know, I mean, you're still giving them something. Now, yes, it's food, but it's still a gift. You're giving food to somebody. It's like, hey, here's a gift. It's for you to eat. You know, for if we go out on the street, you know, downtown Cleveland, or you know, I don't know what it's like up in North Dakota because I haven't been there yet, but I will in a few months. Yeah. But you know, if you go up to a homeless person and give them food, I mean, is that something that a normal person does? No, it's a gift. You know, and not to go on another rabbit trail. It really upsets me that. The U.S. government has put so much um, laws against churches or even people giving food, clothes, anything mm-hmm. to homeless people mm-hmm. because it's not regulated by them. Mm-hmm. It it really really upsets me. Yeah, and you know, and I think there's more to it too because I think it's not only that it's not regulated by them, the government itself, but it's also. Uh, I guess allowing the homeless person to stay on the streets. If they yeah. keep getting food and clothes, well, why do I have to work? Why do I have to do this? Why do that? So yeah, I see in some sense why, you know, the government is upset with that. But at the same time, I mean, it's just ridiculous, you know, obviously. I mean, there should be no law against it. I think maybe there should be a law on what you give homeless. You know, you shouldn't be going and giving them drugs or alcohol or this or that. You know, I rarely will ever give cash to the homeless. I'll buy them food first and give them that, but I won't give them cash because I don't know what they're going to do with the cash. I, I don't, I'll be honest, I don't trust them. I don't know them. So I'm not, I'm not going to give them, you know, five, ten, twenty dollars and say, here, go get yourself food and then they walk off to the liquor store. But. Well, and like one of my biggest beefs is when people don't have a job and they say, well, there's no jobs out there. BS. But as far as homeless people are concerned, there there are usually circumstances in which these people cannot hold jobs. And mm-hmm. like I was talking to somebody at, at work, I believe, um, that was saying... Uh, you know these people that have schizophrenia and don't have controlled schizophrenia and can't hold a job. Guess what? Guess where they end up? They end up on the street because they can't hold a job and they don't have people that they can live with or take care of right. them or anything right. like that. Yeah, but the but the government's more than willing to give money to the person who is working but yet needs more. Did you hear? There's a story. Uh, so many rabbit trails. <laughs> I mean, which is okay because it's Easter. Right. Rabbits are allowed to trail, but. <laughs> Right. <laughs> just so long as they but, leave treats. Just yes, yes. Just treats, chocolate or whatever. Jelly beans are fine too. Um, but there was a there was a story that I just heard. Uh, it might have been yesterday or two days ago. Uh, there's a woman who pleaded to a judge to give her more money for her wine budget. This is a person who receives money from the government. <laughs> And her, I believe it is her grandfather is extremely rich, multimillionaire. 
she already gets, I think, $38,000 a year from the government. And she needed an extra $10,000 for her wine budget. And, of course, the judge's like, you got to be kidding me. Get the heck out of here. But it's like, come on, really? I know, it's compl- I know this is ran- that's really off topic, but still, just people, man. Right, yeah. <laughs> On that rabbit trail, we'll rabbit trail a little further and go to break. <laughs> so, folks, I hope you're enjoying the show so far. Please stick around. We'll be right back after Justin's Paranormal Headlines. And now, Paratruth Radio's Paranormal Headlines. What's going on, Parafans? Justin here with your Paranormal Headlines, and these headlines are from AlteredDimensions.net. Could aliens be permanently orbiting the sun, harvesting its energy? Pictures of solar flares are remarkably fascinating and common. NASA publishes new pictures of solar flares on a near-weekly basis. However, researchers have taken a closer look at the pictures and discovered something unusual. An object which looks oddly solid that seems to be orbiting around the sun, just outside its transition region. Some are claiming the object is intelligently controlled, possibly for the purpose of harvesting the sun's energy. The object was spotted this week in images sent back from the Solar Heliospheric Observatory. The same object was reported by Russian scientists seven years ago, and a similar object was seen orbiting Europa, Jupiter's moon. In most cases, the object appears as a straight line composed of many smaller objects joined together, but occasionally it appears to bend into a V-shape. The purpose of an intelligently controlled object orbiting around the sun is theorized to be the harvesting of the star's heavy elements, which could be used to fuel advanced propulsion systems. Potential new evidence in O.J. Simpson case, large knife found on former O.J. Simpson's Rockingham estate. TMZ broke the news this week that a new twist in the O.J. Simpson case presented itself after a knife was found buried on Simpson's former estate in Brentwood, California. Recall that the weapon used to kill Nicole Brown Simpson and her friend Ronald Goldman was proposed to be a long serrated knife. The knife has never been found and was theorized to have been dropped in Chicago during O.J.'s trip to the Windy City the day of the murders. Now we find it may have been at Simpson's home all along. Los Angeles police say they are examining the knife that was reportedly found years ago on Simpson's estate. Los Angeles police captain Andy Neiman told reporters, The actual item is described as a knife. I'm not going to go into the description of the knife because that could be germane to determining whether or not this actual piece of evidence is in fact evidence or is just a facsimile or a made-up story. Despite LAPD's tight lips, others have said the knife found on Simpson's property is a large, long-bladed buck knife. As if the O.J. Simpson case could get no more bizarre, police say that an ex-Los Angeles traffic officer received the knife from a construction worker who found it back in the 90s, likely when the estate was being demolished. The home was torn down in 1998. The now-retired officer held on to it until last month when authorities discovered he possessed the potential new evidence. Captain Neiman said he didn't know why the ex-officer waited so long to turn it over to the police and that the officer possibly held on to it in the mistaken belief that the case was closed. 
Regardless of the case's status, a retired LAPD inspector general indicated the holding of potential new evidence was an atrocity. If true, it's remarkable to think an LAPD officer, or retired officer for that matter, would retain for himself the possible murder weapon from the O.J. Simpson case, rather than immediately turn it in to the department for analysis, as any responsible law enforcement officer would do. The knife, of course, will be tested for blood DNA evidence. However, according to legal analysis, it's going to be a difficult test because this stuff is probably degraded significantly by being buried in the soil. Of course, given double jeopardy protection, new evidence will not result in a new trial. And this has been Justin with your Paranormal Headlines. This was a segment of Parachute Radio's Paranormal Headlines. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? We are back. My name is Eric. I'm Justin. And we have calmed down. Folks, this is something that's very, very important that you have to understand. Because it shows how well Justin and I know each other. Because by no means did we plan on me saying what I said and him playing that music. <laughs> it just so happened to work out that way. And it was perfect. And for those of you who are watching on YouTube, you noticed what I did. Because I gave him a thumbs up and a nice little, what is that, the AOK sign or whatever. Um, for those of you who are into the occult type thing, it's, you know, the three sixes. <laughs> yeah. But if, if I don't know, maybe you don't know it's okay. But if you know what the three sixes sign is, that's what I gave them because it means okay on my side of the world. <laughs> but yes, that little medley was quite relaxing. <laughs> Two weeks of stress all comes out on air Easter, <laughs> Easter Sunday night. Oh. Well, on that note, folks, we're done with the whole uh, raising hell, if you will, for Easter. <laughs> so uh, that, you know, really what Easter should be all about, and I hope that it is for all of you out there, is a coming together and celebrating the resurre- resurrection of Jesus Christ. If mm-hmm. you celebrate with the Easter bunny and presents and all that, great. I... I I celebrate that the same way. Uh, if you don't, if you don't even celebrate Easter, I'm okay with that, too. Uh, I hope you guys at least do celebrate Christ's resurrection. I don't care what day you celebrate it on. I don't care if you don't even call it Easter. That's yeah. great that you celebrate uh, Christ's resurrection. Yeah. No, and I think celebration is, I mean, it's a pretty broad term because I think celebrating for many is just, you know, a party per se, you well, know, getting together right, and stuff like right. that. But even a simple prayer, just thanking 
God for sending Jesus and allowing and thanking Jesus for accepting his own death on the cross and then coming back for us. Mm. Um, you know, it just a simple prayer and thanking them is, you know, plenty. That's a celebration in and of itself, you know, right. um, and a celebration doesn't have to be something for everyone else to see. It's it's not important for other people to see you celebrate. Uh, it's not important for people to see you pray. That's again is very uh, very much based on scripture. You, you're not supposed to go out on the streets and pray in front of a public audience. You know, the Bible says to go into your room, shut the door, and pray in private. And Jesus tells us that, uh, and He says that that which is seen by the Father in private, you know, will, will be. Uh, Glorious for you, to say the least. <laughs> but um, you know, and, and he says, like, for those who pray on the streets, they've already received their reward. It's all that little glory in front of the people. So, but <clears throat> that's all. That's all it has to be. You know, celebration is what you think a celebration is. It doesn't mean crack open a bottle of whiskey right, I was and uh, say. <laughs> don't well, like, don't. Uh, <laughs> paint the town red in celebration yeah, of Jesus no. Christ's resurrection. That would be a little uh, disrespectful if you Absolutely. Will. You don't turn that bottle over and say, Lord, the bottom of this is for you, and point <laughs> it up to him as you're pouring it all out. Like, no. This is, out, this is for my home in Jesus. <laughs> pouring it on the ground. Like, wait a second. <laughs> yeah. I, you can try to give it to Jesus, but every time you throw it in the air, he's going to push it right back down. Some would say that's gravity, but I'm pretty sure she's like, no, no, I don't want that. <laughs> don't be celebrated with that alcohol. <laughs> Even though he did say on the Last Supper, this wine is my blood, blah, 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 blah. You know, all, all that he had said during the Last Supper, but it doesn't mean drink till you, you can't see straight anymore. And let me tell you, I'm, I've seen a lot of people this past week who drank and could not see anymore. In fact, they couldn't walk anymore. They couldn't even, they couldn't do anything anymore. It's ridiculous. When I went out, f- uh, downtown for, uh, St. Patty's Day, mm-hmm. I don't know how people allow themselves to get so drunk. It's ridiculous. Like, they literally, their legs look like spaghetti. They're wobbling back and forth and like flipping them around because they can't walk straight. It's like, people, how are you even gonna get home? How are you gonna make it to the end of the street here? <laughs> You're gonna get hit by like three cars on your way. I have done that in my own home, and that's when I was in a much more darker place oh. in my life. But Trust me, I, re- I remember the days. <laughs> I could tell you some stories, young ladies and gentlemen. Let me. This one right here, young whippersnapper. <laughs> that's right. You are going to be. You are thirty now, so it's. Uh, <laughs> you can now say that you're an old man. Man. <laughs> But, yeah, uh, there there was a time, folks, a, a day specifically where apparently, I bet Eric five hundred dollars, five thousand dollars. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I you probably bet all of it. So. <laughs> anyway, five five hundred, five thousand. I bought a, I I bet him an insane amount of money I could get out a of a specific wrestling move, and apparently. That same particular day, I was being fed water as a shot of vodka instead of actual vodka. 
but he didn't I, even know the difference. <laughs> yeah, he didn't. I digress. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> he drank, drank like six shots of water and wanted more vodka. <laughs> hey, that's good. Give me more. <laughs> All right. He's <laughs> like, God, dude, it's just water. But anyways, folks, don't get drunk on Easter. Don't get drunk it's, on. Well, I mean, drink if if you really need to, I guess. Or I shouldn't say you need to. Shame on you, Justin. Shame on you. Would like to on St. Patty's Day, but really don't, I mean, there there's no point in getting so slobbering drunk that you can't walk down the street. Let me help by rephrasing this a little bit for my co-host here and for all of you. Um, you know, if you'd like to have a drink or two, feel free. It's okay to have a drink or two. But when you go beyond the few drinks that you can handle and start getting drunk, it becomes a sin. And obviously, a lot of people can't control themselves when they're drunk. Therefore... Okay, have yourself a beer. Have a glass of wine. It's okay. Just don't be stupid and drink too much. Yeah, that's what I was trying to say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, from now on, on Sunday nights, when we're ready for Monday to begin, I'm just going to say, folks, it's going to be a tough week probably. Don't pull a Justin. <laughs> and we'll all know what we're talking about. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't recommend pulling a Justin. It was not a fun night. <laughs> no, I know. I was trying to eat mac and cheese when everything went down. <laughs> or I should say when everything came up. Oh, I was, I was, out. <laughs> I was trying to put the mac and cheese down. I couldn't after I saw that. <laughs> so, all right, folks. When you're humiliated amongst the world of listeners that we're listening right now. <laughs> Um, and on that note, on that note, uh, that is Easter. Don't get drunk. Celebrate Easter if you want to. If you don't, that's okay too. Uh, next week, we are going to be having on uh, Ben Radford to talk about his book. I believe it's called Bad Clowns. Uh, and um, I'm, I'm going to probably be having nightmares after that episode because I hate clowns. So, and as you guys probably heard last week when I was talking to Kay Carswell and we were talking about uh, Wayne Gacy and his little fiasco of murdering people in a clown costume. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, I digress. Uh, next week, Ben Radford, uh, Bad Clowns. Um, Going to be an interesting one. If you don't remember, Ben, he was on talking to us about Chupacabra. And I do want you guys to go back and listen to that episode because... He was a very great guest, and yeah, it was a great episode. So, until next week, folks, where you will find us, same time, same channel, my name is Justin. And I'm Eric. Peace. If you enjoyed this episode of Parachute Radio, and you would like to listen to it again, or are interested in listening to any of our past episodes then you can listen to them on HD at our website, parachutesradio.com. And you can also find us at Stitcher, Blueberry, TuneIn, iTunes, Spreaker, and YouTube. And of course, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for brand new updates of our show every day.
That's what ransomware is all about. It's psychological pressure. Ransomware. When your computer's hacked into and your data held ransom. Attacks are on the rise and Russian gangs are making billions of dollars. The moment I got that message, I knew our greatest fears that we ever have are starting to come true. The post-Cold War era is over. Dot com, the hacking. A new season from Crowd Network with me, Katie Puckrick. Just search for dot com, that's D-O-T-C-O-M, and subscribe.